0: Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Good? Well, this is going to be the best service of the day, We you know, right? All right, I get to loosen up third service. I get to loosen up, you know what I mean? I can't even say third service. I usually can't even do that. There's all kinds of rules and things I can't say in the first couple services because they're all, it's all over the place. Anyway, I just want to uh, welcome you. I also want to welcome all our online viewers. Can we say hello to them, all those guys that are watching as well? And a big, for me to you, I know it's already been said, but happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I hope it's a yes day. I hope your husbands take care of you and spoil you and let you stay on the couch as long as you want. And you deserve it. you deserve it. I decided what I was going to give my wife for Mother's Day, you know, is that I was going to take her shopping and pretended I enjoyed it. That's my gift. Uh, (laughs) years ago years ago when uh, the kids were young um, I'd say honey what do you want for Mother's Day and she's not like a gifts person praise the Lord that's worked well for our budget in the early years Um, but she'd say you know what you can do you can put all the kids in the car and you can travel east for seven hours and then just turn around and come back okay that's all I want you know I just want some time I want some time to myself and so how many mothers need a little bit of time to yourself okay Yeah, you guys get 10-minute naps. It's on me. Okay, 10-minute naps. That's all you guys need. You guys know it. You know, guys are like, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Anyway, we're in a series. Um, I'm going to have fun, okay? So whatever you guys do is up to you. Um, We're in a series entitled, You Ask For It? And we call it Yaffe, Behind the Scenes. And uh, this is the second installment. And what I wanted you to know was you guys gave a bunch of questions. We replied to those as was previously stated. And it's been firing us up. And so, as a result, we we wanted you to know we heard you. Uh, We can't answer all the questions in this series because it would be like 29 years long, because there were so many questions. But we did kind of bundle them and package them, and we found some themes. And so, we're it's going to affect some of the series that we have coming up. In fact, one of the overwhelming subjects that came up, uh, believe it or not, this will shock some of you. uh, Mothers, plug your ears. It was a sex series. And so, uh, we're gonna you guys had a lot of sex questions. And so. We're going to, a couple of guys just woke up. They were like asleep in the back, and they're like, honey, take notes. Uh, And so we're going to do a series on that, okay? And some other things that we'll talk about as well. Um, And then we also wanted you to know some of the questions that you asked, we've already answered. We've answered them in a previous You Asked For It series or in other series. And so if you um, are not aware, um, you can go on our website, and all of the messages are archived there, series, individual messages, and then also you can go to YouTube. What I would recommend you do, uh, and over 500 of you regularly feed on YouTube uh, or subscribe to YouTube. Um, you can go and subscribe. And if you do on YouTube, then it will just be sent automatically to your email. So you never miss a message. It would just be sent right to you automatically. And, and then just highlight, you know, some of the questions you guys asked. You asked questions like about the Bible. There were tons of questions about the Bible. We did a whole series on that. Asked a bu- we answered a bunch of those already. Uh, the Problem of God was a series we did. Uh, Based on an incredible book, some of the biggest questions that man has, uh, you know, with God. Uh, We dealt with things like hypocrisy. We dealt with things like why... If God's such a good God, why does he allow people to suffer? Like all the classic questions that people have, we dealt with in that series. Kind of, you know, uh, talked about the religions, the major religions of the world. There were a lot of questions about that. Anyway, just want you to know, go to YouTube, check it out. It'll help you uh, in a big way. If you get your worship guides out, I'm going to continue the series. I'm going to open up with a little review of last week because it ties into this week. But last week, we talked about mental health. How many were here for last week's message on mental health? Okay, awesome, good. Uh, kind of hit a nerve uh, in a good way, I think. Uh, it was kind of uh, sensitive but helpful, I think, and, and um, tried to be, you know, somewhat vulnerable. This is um, a, an issue that has hit my family personally. Um, I've seen the, the, the extremes of mental illness. Uh, my father is wrestling a mental illness right now. He has a dementia. Um, we, we, we've, we saw, you know, one side over here in our family line. I've, I've seen the escape side where suicide was in uh, generations of my mother's side of the family and uh, impacted me in the early years of my life as well. And we kind of talked about that. So if you didn't hear that message, um, basically, we we basically said that uh, the, the, the enemy is trying to attack you at a thought level. And, and if he can, if he can get your thoughts, he can get you. He can get you. And so the battle... Uh, is is between the ears mostly. Um, Additionally, what we talked about last week that's kind of a cultural thing for Connect that's important for me to reiterate is we dealt with the stigma of mental illness. What I mean by that is you can have and struggle with um, a physical illness, a disability, a circumstantial problem, and there's um, typically within Christians, a, a, a capacity for compassion with that. But when somebody has a mental illness, there is a cultural feeling like I can't be uh, real, I can't be transparent. Um, so there's a shame about it. And then if we, if it is identified, people are weird. People uh, kind of back up and, and 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 kind of there's a feeling of rejection and things like that. And so what I wanted to say, what I said last week is this is a church. Where it's okay not to be okay. Can I have a big amen from this third service? It's okay not to be okay. Because we're all in process. And listen, we're all in some way, shape, or form mentally and emotionally ill. Because of sin. Sin is a sickness. And so it affects you at a certain level. And so whether, whatever that level is, we're all susceptible to it. And so we need to be sensitive to those around us who are wrestling with it. Does that make sense to everybody? So we've got to be careful that we're not judgmental. Um, and, and then another point I wanted to make was I talked about a pastor who is um, who leading a great church in California, West Coast, a 2,000-member church. Um, and he um, had a great message on mental illness. In fact, he came back from a, a sabbatical. Everybody thought he was ready to go. Speaks this incredible message. And this is insensitive how fast I'm saying this, but for the sake of time, I'm, I'm moving quickly. Uh, but he preached a message that, you know, if I stole it and preached it here, you would have thought it was way better than the one I preached last week. He, it was really good. But the very next week, he took his own life. And, and I just didn't know what to say or do about that. And, and that was something that I was wrestling with. And it's something that, honestly, I wrestle with lots of subjects for as it relates to myself from the Bible. Uh, and as it relates to you, as I pastor you in that, and it's it's that like we can hear the word, we can even understand it intellectually in a measure, but we can, if not applied, we can remain unchanged. Um, and and the Bible is real strong about being hearers of the word, but yes, but also being doers of the word. Does that make sense? And so I just want to say, especially the American church and even the Northeast region, we're so intellectually stimulated. Um, if we, just, if we just live the messages we already heard, we'd be changed. Sometimes we don't need another message. We just need to, lead, we need to live the ones we've already heard. We need to just be, be working. I just want to challenge you as a Christian. The best way I know how is to just bring it up and, and, and find creative ways to say things. But, like, let's live the Bible. Yes. Let's live it. Can we do that? The Bible says in Matthew 7:24. 24, uh, it, it's not in your notes, but in a nutshell, it says, anyone who hears these words of mine... And puts them into practice. It's that person whose life is built upon the rock. Yes. And so we want to have stable foundation. You know, be able to build our life. Um, I love that last song, I Will Build My Life, you know. And, 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 and what are you building it on? We should build it on Christ. Which leads me to my, my next kind of opener point, okay. And all of this hopefully is, is, is you're tracking with and making sense. And this is where I'm going to tie the two messages together. Whether it be mental health or emotional health, last week we talked about mental health, thought, life. Today we're going to talk about emotional health, feelings, feelings. Now, if, if I had a graphic, I would put this up, but I don't. So I, I need you to use your imaginations. I want you to imagine a chair in your mind right now. you see in a chair. Nobody's sitting on it, just a blank chair. And, and the chair represents, this is, this is going to help you with your belief system, but also your focus. The chair represents your will your will. It's its a muscle. It's either the strongest or weakest muscle you have, in essence, in your soul. Uh, and, and what strengthens that muscle, what makes it uh, uh, flexed the right way is who's sitting on the chair, okay? And so many people have my, uh, its it's me who's on the chair, me who's on the throne of my life, but Christ is the one who needs to be on the throne or on the seat of your life. Does everybody track with me? So now I want you to picture somebody sitting on the chair. The question is: who's sitting on the chair of your life? Who's sitting on the throne of your life? Many people understand that when they become a Christ follower, it comes by we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus uh, was raised from the dead, and, and it's with confession that we, you know, we, 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 we're justified, and it's with it's with our heart that we believe. Uh, that's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. Great. And now we're and now we've got this eternal security and all that, but it's not just come to Christ to be saved. We come to Christ to surrender to Him as Lord. If He's not Lord of all, He's not. If He's not Lord at all, and so what makes us successful in life is not just saying a sinner's prayer and just waiting for this, for, you know, to cross from this life to the next. No, what makes us successful in this life is submitting to, surrendering to Jesus on the throne of our life. That's what lordship is. And so we're in essence, uh, Galatians 2.20, where it's called the crucified life. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified. Well, you haven't been crucified. No, you're not crucified like you got on a cross. You crucify your fleshly desires. You crucify your emotional extremes. You crucify thoughts that are not obedient to Christ. What are you crucifying? Things of the flesh, things of the mind, things that we feel that are not in uh, 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 an agreement with what God says. That's the crucified life. And so we have to do that daily. These are daily choices. And for those choices to be successful, we have to do things that please God, not please me. And so societally, what the world tries to get us to do through secular counseling, and I'm not against that, and I was clear about that last week, I think it's supplemental, I think it can be very, very helpful, but a lot of what we get in the world today has you on the throne, and the goal is for you to be happy, but what Christ wants to be is on the throne of your life, and your focus be to make and please Him. And as a byproduct, you won't have happiness. You'll have joy, which comes from the inside out, instead of happiness, which comes from the outside in. Is anybody getting what I'm saying right now? It's different. It's different. You're not going to get peace like a pond where everything's perfect and now I'm happy. No, you're going to have peace like a river. That means everything can be crazy, but I have joy from the inside because I put Jesus on the throne of my life. Amen? And so it's so important. This is a daily choice. And basically, so what you're doing is you get up every day and just say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Today, Jesus, I put you on the throne of my life and I submit to your lordship. Every now and then, I think it's good to get down on your knee. I get down on my knee sometimes and I just yield my life to Christ yeah. again. Because why? Because something in my flesh wants to take the wheel. Something in me wants to get back on the throne again and make it all about me, 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 me. We can't do that. Is everybody with me? So this is just kind of setting us up. Now, so we want to talk about emotional health. If you think you're spiritually mature but you're emotionally unhealthy, you are misinformed. There is a direct correlation between emotional health and spiritual maturity. Emotional health, this, isn't, this is just kind of a free definition, but emotional health is basically when you're able to manage your behavior and emotions. Your emotions and then therefore your behavior is more controlled. You're able to master your moods. That's what today's message is: mastering your moods, because we're all a little moody. Turn to your neighbor and gently poke, say, "Are you a little moody? Are you a little moody? A little moody?" Just kidding. If they kind of snap at you, okay, all right. So, so emotional health is being able to master your moods, and it's be, it, emotional health is you're able to build and have lasting relationships. Emotional health is where in crisis and, 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 and where there's difficulty and where there's sometimes, uh, uh, you know, trouble, you're able to be resilient in that trouble because you have emotional health. Emotional health is a sense of, of well-being. Does anybody understand now what emotional health is, okay? Emotional health is so critical to your life. And, and, and when sometimes we don't know how to monitor it, we don't know how to manage it. I heard about a guy who was trying to figure out his wife's moods and so he bought her a mood ring. You know the mood rings? And so when it was green, he knew she was in a good mood. But when it was red, it put a a red mark right on his forehead. (laughs) Get that? No? Anybody? Okay. (laughs) All right. So we need to learn how to master our moods. Now, God has emotion. Look at the scripture from Mark chapter 12. You can see the emotion in this text. This is the most important commandment in the Bible. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's talking about your passion, your emotion, with all your soul. That's your mind, with all with and with all your mind and with all your strength. So God's saying, "Listen, don't just love me with your mind and with your intellect. Don't just love me with your body. Love me, love me with your with your with all your heart." This is a lot of times this is the key word the Bible uses to describe emotions. That's why we say, you know. Um, I, I I give you my heart. You know I love somebody with all my heart. What well, that's it. It's talking about emotion. So God wants you to love Him, uh, in a sense with with your emotions. Um, but He doesn't want you to do it just so you feel better or He feels better. He wants you to do it so you get better. Because those emotions are connected to your health if properly uh, channeled, which we'll talk about. So here's your big idea. Write this down. See, God isn't just focused on you feeling better. He's focused on you getting better. Getting better. All right? So don't misinterpret some of the things I'm going to say about emotion today. God wants you to get better, not just feel better. But we first have to understand emotions. Let me give you three kind of things about emotions. The first one is God has emotions. You can see this all through the Bible. That's how we understand God and get to know God better. You can see that God feels. He feels pain. He feels joy. He feels grief. He he sometimes has a hatred towards sin. He feels frustration towards his people. Um, and, and, And that's why we feel that way because we're like him. We were created in, in Genesis 1.26. We were created in his likeness, in his image. Uh, so if we're emotional, guess what? We got that from God. But we sometimes take it too far. God had it, God had it right. The, the next thing is that feelings are a gift from God. Feelings are a gift from God. Now, you may not feel like they're a gift sometimes because they're like, ah, oh, why do I feel this way? And all, but you're always learning from your emotions, or you can learn from your emotions. But if you didn't have emotions, you wouldn't be human. That's what separates us from the monkeys and the penguins is emotions. We, we feel. Now, the third thing is some, there are some, there are some uh, emotions that are extreme, and we have to be careful and even avoid them. The two extremes that we see, the polarity, is sometimes between emotionalism over here and then we have stoism over here. Stoism says feelings are not important. Emotionalism says it's all about feelings. It's all about feelings. You know, and I want to sing a song right now, but I won't. Okay, and so, if, you know, if the, the emotional side says if it feels good, do it. Obey your thirst, you know. <clears throat> Do what feels right. This side over here says, listen, no, 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 no. You don't want to surrender to those. It's about, it's about intellect. It's about volition and all those kind of things. Yet, God has a funny sense of humor. And a lot of times he'll put two different types of people together so they can compliment and celebrate each other. But a lot of times we compete over that. And isn't it interesting how when people get married, usually one is the stoic and one is the emotional one. One is the gusher, you know, I got talk about it, we just need to talk about it, and then one over here is the stuffer, you know what I mean, just they don't say anything, you know, this is my happy face, this is my sad face, this is my mad face, it's the stuffer. And the stuffer is saying, we don't need to talk about those things. We don't share those kind of things. That's not important. And, this, and, the, and the emotionalism person over here is saying, if we don't express ourselves, you're not being true to yourself. You're not, you're not authentic. You're not, you're not being real. Honey, tell me what's going on. Now, notice, it's usually gender-based. You know what I mean? It's just, we all know that to be true. Okay? All right. So these two extremes are common in relationships. Guess what? They're common in the church, too. So, in the church, you, you can have whole denominations go through these two lenses sometimes. You can have the Stoic kind of denominations over here. There's nothing but the truth and the Word of God. We don't need emotion. I'm happy. I have the joy of the Lord. You know what I mean? No, you don't. You look like you were weaned on a pickle. You know what I mean? And, and emotion is just kind of the caboose, and it's not important in the kingdom. And then over here, it's all about experience. And we need to worship, and we need prophetic dance you know, and maybe your denomination its like, come on, Jesus, you know, and there's a B3 organ playing, and I don't know what you, I can't believe I just did that live, okay, Uh, help me, Jesus, but those two extremes, like what, what happens is your God can be knowledge, the Bible says puff it up, and mind, and intellect, and knowing all the right answers. That can be an idolatry, or it can be emotionalism. You know, I just want an ocean of emotion. I don't want to quiver in my liver, you know, and if I don't cry and worship, then the Holy Spirit must not be there. And so those are the extremes. Everybody getting what I'm saying? Both of those are wrong. There has to be a a plumb line between those two, and God's trying to teach us we can learn from all of those, but they have to be kind of imbalanced. And so what God does is he gives us the book of Psalms. And so most people think the book of Psalms is just praise and worship songs. No. The full spectrum of emotion, human emotions, are in the book of Psalms. Sometimes you see lamenting, and sometimes you see arguing, and sometimes you see a tremendous frustration. And sometimes you see it starts one way, but it ends the right way in the book of Psalm. Powerful. God gave that for you and I to be able to understand and be able to learn even how to express our emotions. Because listen, your emotions are not meant to be avoided, ignored, or suppressed. Whole religions teach those things that I just said. They're meant to be entered You need to enter your emotions in order to be overcoming, in order to overcome those emotions. And the book of Psalms shows us how to do that. In Psalm 62, David is speaking, he's like, the Bible says he poured out his heart like a pitcher. He's like, he just got it all out. Another place in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 71, he's all upset. Why did these people get successful? Why does it look like, they don't even keep your word, they don't even do what you say. And then it says, until I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I saw. Then my eyes were opened. See, all the Psalms are there to help you enter your emotions so you can overcome and manage and master your moods. Is everybody with me? So how do I deal with how I feel? And why should I even deal with how I feel? Let me give you four reasons why you should deal with how you feel. The first one is because feelings lie to us. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is good so far. I'm really really enjoying it. We'll see how he does a little bit down the road here. Okay. Feelings are unreliable. If you're relying on feelings, you're going to have some struggles. A lot of times we say things or people even advise people and say, hey, just follow your gut. Just follow your gut. First of all, you know, if, I, so if we follow our gut, we'll probably fall over sometimes. But anyway, that's a physical issue. Uh, but follow your gut? Listen, how many times have you followed that advice or you, you know somebody that followed that advice only to find a little bit later on, it just blew up and it didn't work out? Yeah. And you're like, What? How? i thought i was positive i felt it in my i knew it was the right thing well proverbs tells us a little bit about this in proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 uh it says there's a way that seems right to a man i'm positive it's just felt this in my gut it's felt it in my spirit and it says but in the end it leads to death That doesn't always mean physical death. It can just mean didn't work out, separation, darkness, difficulty. Okay, So listen, your emotions, bottom line, they're not infallible. And just like I said, you don't have to believe every thought that you think. You don't have to accept every feeling you have. You're on the road to emotional health if you have kind of a conviction that every feeling I have, I don't have to accept. Amen? Here's the second, second thing. Why do we deal with how we feel? So that you won't get manipulated by your feelings. You won't get manipulated by them, okay? And so if you don't control your emotions, your emotions will control you. And if you continue not to control your emotions, get this, other people will control you too. You'll be manipulated. You can be manipulated by, last week we talked about three forces that work against us. One is, it, there's a war within us. There's your inner, your, your sinful nature. Your sinful nature, there's Satan, so your sinful nature is the war within. Satan, the war against you, and then the the world system, the culture around you. But a a lot of times, we're manipulated by our own sinful nature. It's lying to us. Because again, Christ isn't on the throne today. Self got back on the throne today, and as a result, self is lying to you. And now you're listening to things through the windshield of self, not Christ. Does that make sense? And so you can be manipulated by that. And then if that continues to happen, you can be manipulated by other people. And that's why we do dumb things sometimes. Now, I'm not picking on salesmen because I believe in sales. I'm selling Jesus right now. Okay, people say, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm in sales. And then they ask what? And I say, I'm a preacher. (laughs) And they're like, can I sit somewhere else? No. Uh, But salespeople, some of them, will play on your emotions. They'll actually create emotional environments because they know. They know that if they can get you to think this way, feel this way, hear this way, uh, what are they doing? They create an atmosphere. They create an atmosphere. And so sometimes people, that's why you have to have rules, principles that you live by. Okay? But some people, that's why we have the phrase uh, emotion buys, logic pays. That's why you have the phrase uh, impulsive buying. Does anybody know what I'm talking about out there? This is a quiet third service, okay? So what I'm saying to you is that's why you have all that dumb exercise equipment in your basement. Because you stayed up all night and you were feeling guilty and you're like, you know what? I do need that exercise saucer. (laughs) And now what is it? You know? And you got to have that leg thing and you got to have that shake weight and, and all that stuff sitting down in your basement. What was that? It was emotion emotion did that to you and so you need certain life rules so that when the person calls and says we've got this incredible thing and you're gonna have two nights and you know in three days and for the low 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 price of zero and da, 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 and, and and great that's great so what's the deal he says well if you just make the decision right now and that's so I have a rule no I don't make decisions without being able to pray about them think about it for 24 hours Right? So I check my emotions with a principle or with a rule. You need to do the same thing with your moods. And you need to do the same thing with with these emotions that are going on in your life. Amen? So that wants don't overcome true needs. Proverbs 25, 28 says it like this. Like an open city with no defenses is the man who has no check on his feelings. See, we need a governor on our emotions. I do. I think you do too. A governor, it's like, you ever, I drove a U-Haul across the country one time coming home from Alabama, and, and, and I didn't know about a governor. And I thought I could get home a lot faster than I did. <laughs> but there was a governor on this engine, and I hated it, right? I hated it sometimes to have that governor. But you know what? probably kept me from flipping that vehicle over or losing everything that I had and everything I belonged. A governor can save your life if you have a governor, if you have something that will help you master uh, your moods, a person without self-control is defenseless as a city with broken down walls. And if you're not careful, if you don't get over it, you can be manipulated by other people, you can be manipulated by your old nature, and these negative emotions, which is Satan's greatest tool, will take you over. It's his greatest tool. Amen? All right, here's another reason. Uh, Because we want to please God. Because we want to please God. Now, as a Christian... Again, if Christ is on the throne, we should want to please him. But if I'm on the throne, then listen to what happens. My feelings have become my God. That's what happens. Because if I'm on the throne, then every single day it's about me, 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 me. And that's why you can snap, crackle, pop so easy. Have you ever noticed? See, if you have you on the throne, then you're filled with you. Listen, listen. And so then when you get under pressure, what comes out of you? All those things that you put in it. Pressure, when you come under pressure, when you squeeze toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste. Whatever was in it comes out under pressure. But if you have Christ on the throne and you've been submitting your life every day and you've asked the Holy Spirit to fill you every day and you're, praying, and you're praying Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit, I want to have love, joy, peace. I mean, just those three would change your life and kindness and gentleness and self control and patience. All those, you start praying those things every single day over your life. Then when pressure comes on, you know what comes out of you? Those fruit come out of you. You have control over your emotions. It's a whole different thing. That's what you want every single day. You should want to please God. Here's the fourth thing. Here's, I love this particular point too. Because we want to succeed in life. I want to succeed. I don't want to be unsuccessful. I want to be successful. I don't want, I, don't, I just, by the way, I just don't want affluence. I want influence. I think influence should trump affluence in this life. But in order for me to have influence in this life, I have to have Self-control. I need to be able to control my emotions. People that can manage their emotions well are more successful in life. They're more influential in life. The number one predictor of success statistically today is your ability to manage your moods. It's, it's EQ over IQ. Now, I'm not saying IQ people aren't very successful. If they're very, very successful, they probably have good EQ too. EQ is emotional quotient. IQ is intelligence quotient. So don't think it's just how smart you are between your ears. It's how are you able to build and have lasting relationships. It's how you're able to be resilient in difficult and troubled times. It's how you're able to manage and monitor and master your moods. How you're able to create, in some cases, atmosphere and environment for other people to be successful. Police officers are trained in what's called de-escalating skills. They're, they actually go into situations knowing that by their behavior, they could escalate a situation. They could take it uh, to another level. And, and so they're called, it's called verbal judo. Verbal judo. Instead of using anything physical, they use, they're trained to use their words to de-escalate the situation. And as a result, they're able to have mastery over difficult situations. And so it's the same way in life. If we're able to master our moods. Is everybody with me getting something out of this? Okay. And so you know because of a lack of self-control, you know people or could be people who lost your reputation with someone or something. You know because of a lack of self-control that sometimes there were missed opportunities, job opportunities, or even people that got fired. Why? Because they lost control of their emotions. You know there are people who have have had to deal with permanent decisions that uh, that can become blessings, but because of emotion, uh, they had an unwanted pregnancy. Emotion can do that. The inability to master your moods can create success or difficulties in life. Is everybody there? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2 says, From now on, now that I'm a Christian, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human emotions or desires. So, with five minutes and seven seconds, how do I deal with how I feel? Let me give you these three points, okay? Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, you gotta name the emotion. You gotta name it. You gotta be precise, accurate, particular about what is this emotion. So that I can overcome it. You cannot manage a vague feeling. Yeah, so when I was, when I was uh, raising my kids, especially when they were younger, uh, I won't mention any names, but I had one boy in my house. And uh, <laughs> when I was training him, I would be disciplined. And I'd say, son, how, what, did you, what did you do wrong? He'd say, I don't know. I don't know. I, this is just after discipline. I'd say, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? How are you... How are you going to ever stop what you did if you don't know why you got in trouble? We do the same thing with emotions. We're never going to be able to overcome an emotion if we don't identify what the emotion was. What it is that we're trying to overcome. And so I think sometimes, let me say it this way. You're not as, I'm not, you're not as in touch with your emotions as you think you are. (laughs) And this isn't, you could be an emotional person but not be in touch with your emotions. So don't misinterpret. All the guys were like, I know that. And all the women were like, yeah. No, it can be both sides. You can be very emotional, but not in touch with your emotions. However, I was, I was with a couple of pastors. One of them, you know, he preaches here often. And, and he went to marriage counseling. We, we encouraged that amongst our brotherhood just to stay healthy. And when he went there, he, he, the, the counselor was saying, um, how in touch with your emotions do you think you are? And so he was kind of proud. He's like, well, you know, people actually say I'm kind of a sensitive man. You know, he's like, I'm kind, of sen- I'm kind of a sensitive man. And so he says, okay, well, in essence, the counselor said, we'll see how sensitive you are. Why don't you describe uh, some of the emotions you've experienced, felt, and navigated just this week? Just this week, just the last few days. He's like, um, okay, no problem. Uh, um, yeah. And he just starts fumbling and bumbling. He couldn't name one emotion. Finally, he goes, um... Uh I was really tired this week, you know, <laughs> and hungry, you know, and the council's like, dude, that's not emotion, those are drives. Those aren't even emotions, and I'm laughing at him, and then all of a sudden I start to think, and I have like flashbacks with me and Stacy, and and, and, and we were in counseling, and the the counselor was trying to get me to kind of deal with some things in my past, some different experiences that I had, and emotional injuries, and and he was trying to get me to go back and kind of, I I felt like regurgitate those and bring them back up again, And, and I can remember getting up in the counselor's face. I'm like, you know, the Bible says, you know, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards the mark of the prize I go, I'm not thinking about that. There's nothing good coming out of my past. Nothing good coming out of my behind. And the cows looked at me and goes, you're messed up. <laughs> and I went home. My wife's like, you're messed up. I'm always trying to get you to talk about your feelings. You know? And, and every now and then I have a problem. And I've got this, like, emotional force field around me. And she knows. It's, it's like, I'm going to say it just because it's third service. It's like somebody farted. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's like nobody wants to come near. You know? you know what I mean? When people have that, like, mood it's like a mood, you know, it's like a stinky mood, you know, it's like Pepe Le Pew, you know, nobody wants to get near you, you know, P-U, Pepe Le Pew, and, 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 and. but yet nobody knows what it is, and nobody wants to like talk about it, so my wife, she'll try to, you know, put her, she'll go in, you know, <laughs> I want to put a finger on that, honey, tell me how you're feeling, like, what's going on, why don't you talk about it, I'm like, talk about it, I don't want to talk about it, you know, and tell me how you feel, I don't, and I, and I wouldn't know. And I've learned about myself that I can help other people navigate their feelings, their purpose, and the plan of God for their life. But but sometimes that can be a mask for being able to deal with the things that are going on in my own life. And God wants us to be able to enter uh, that emotional realm and have a conversation with another person. And sometimes that's how we actually can get healed uh, is through and navigating that with somebody else. So how do you check yourself? Write this down. What am I really feeling? You have to scratch beneath the surface. You have to, well, I'm just kind of feeling a little, I don't know, honey. I'm feeling a little depressed, kind of a little blue. No, no, baby, I don't think that's it. Didn't you just tell me today that somebody was kind of criticizing you at work? Well, maybe, you know. Or, and, and before you know it, we start to realize, you know what, it's, it's not just some vague feeling. Before you know it, it's, I went online and there were 350 people that liked the message and there were 12 dislikes. And I got all upset about that. What do you mean you dislike this man? Who could put a thing on that? In? I'm not saying that happened. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It might have happened. I'm just kidding. Um, but, but underneath that, we kept digging. We kept digging. We, underneath that, it's insecurity. It's fear. It's a little bit of anger. What it, so we have to figure out, what are we really, really feeling? You can't overcome it if you don't find out what you're really feeling. And the second thing is, what are the triggers? Everybody say Triggers. Now, so you have there's certain emotions that you need to become familiar with because the devil will use, who uh, repeat things a lot because they work and so he keeps doing them because and he works them. And Then there'll be certain triggers. Now triggers are often external, okay? So external in and circumstantial. So triggers could be sight, sound, smell, touch. Certain things that kind of catalytic for you going into kind of a, a poisonous mood or a negative mood or 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 some kind of a, uh, you know issue with your thought life and issue with your feelings and so what's so what's so significant here about triggers a lot of times is that uh, they can take you back you know you can see something and it takes you back to something you know you can smell something and and before you know it you're you're in another place you're in another realm oh my god. That home cooking makes me think about my grandmother, you know, or, but I can remember, like, negative sometimes. I can remember my father would leave me voicemails when I was a young man away from God, and he'd leave me these voicemails at college. That would rattle your cage. It would put the fear of God in you. Like, i, I beep. I'm like, la, la. you know what I mean? I'm dropping to my knees. I'm like, oh, God, save me again. and And so... Years later, grown man, my father leave me a message. This is a little while ago, you know, five, six, he leave me a message and I would still have that kind of little bit of fear. And so then I'd go into conversation with my wife and I'd be like, there'd be like a venting on her and I'd be a little, I'd be a little angry. Why? Because of something that happened 25 years ago. Right? It's a trigger. You have to know these triggers to be able to overcome in the emotional realm. So I'm just cueing a few things for you. The triggers are often external and they often deal with sight, sound, touch, smell, things like that. And you want to be able to identify those in order to be overcome, overcome those. But if write this down, if you don't talk it out, you can't work it out. If you talk it out, you work it out. If you don't talk it out, you'll take it out on you or someone else. Talk it out, work it out. If you don't talk it out, you'll take it out on you or, some, or someone else. That's what tends to happen in the emotional realm. God wants you to be able to vent these things and process these things in a healthy way with healthy boundaries, sometimes with him and with another person. Because if you swallow your emotions, you're taking it out on your stomach. Amen? Last point on this, number one. It, I can't tame it until I name it. I can't tame it until I name it. You getting something out of this? All right. Number 2, write this down. You got to challenge the emotion. Challenge it. Just like I said, you don't have to believe every thought that comes in your mind. You don't have to accept every thought as and every feeling, excuse me, as well, as accurate, as truth, as reality because a lot of times the feelings aren't accurate. Oh, everything's good. No, probably not. Everything's bad. No, probably not. Cuz your feelings are not always accurate. And so, what David, King David, would do in the Bible is, since he knew God created emotion, he was a God of emotion, and he knew our emotions better than we know ourselves, David would check his emotions against God's word. Listen, God's word is not a window, it's a mirror. And I keep trying to emphasize this for myself, because we can neglect it or we can fall off the bandwagon sometimes. You got to get back. You need the word of God that's looking at you, not you just looking at it. But when you look at that word of God, it'll show you things. And David said this in Psalm 26 too. He said, Lord, cross-examine me. (laughs) Test my motives and my affections. Or you could say my emotions. And and, and then if that's not working, sometimes you take it up. You make it a little bit more personal again. And and I always say, you need Jesus with skin on. See, sometimes you need a person to help you work it out. Do you have, this is why we emphasize community and connections and and getting in, 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 a, in a group is because you need a person that can help you when you're being emotional, that can help you uh, check and, and put a gauge and put sometimes a governor on your feelings. A lot of us don't have that. You know, I... Uh, it's taken years to get to this point, but my wife and I have that with each other. But I also have brothers in the faith that help me sometimes when I'm being too emotional. And sometimes I'll process out loud with certain key people in my life. And no, no, no. Like, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes uh, right after a message, literally right after the second message, I was upset about the way I edited the message. And my emotions start to lie to me right away. I sat right down. I just said, I was kind of upset. And then, boom, uh, two of my leaders immediately started to check that and say, no, 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 that's not what was going on. That was great. Here's what was going on here. You know, and helped me kind of process because my feelings or my emotions lie to me. Does that make sense? So it's so important that you have that in your life. Uh, Job had a friend like this in Job fifteen twelve. It's not in your notes, Job 15, 12. And, and this is what Job's friend said. He said, Job, why has your heart carried you away? And why do your eyes flash and flicker? It's like a poetic poetic way of saying, what is your problem? So that you vent your rage against God and pour out such words from your mouth. See, we need friends like that to be like, hey, hey, hey. Because what happens a lot of times is James says, blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. It ought not be so. So sometimes people say, kumbaya, praise the Lord, Holy, there is no one like you. And then we're out here cursing our kids, you know, and, 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 and we're running somebody off the road and screaming and yelling, literally like minutes after we pulled out of church. Why? Blessing and cursing. Because we need relationships in our life to help check and put a gauge on our emotions. So three questions to ask yourself. Write this down is, we did this one already. What are the real reasons you're feeling this way? What's the deep down real reason? Two, is what you're feeling actually true? True. Okay, so example, Elijah. Anybody ever heard of Elijah? One of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament in in Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Elijah calls fire down from heaven. You almost don't need to tell the rest of the story. That's just incredible. Later, the next day, he's in the desert all by himself. He isolates himself, and he's crying out to God, God, there's no one in Israel who serves you but me. Ah, and he pulls out his violin I'm all by all by myself I want to be and and God just goes no that's not true you're not the only prophet in Israel who's serving me you see it just wasn't even true so sometimes we got to check our real feelings. we got to see if it's really true. And then lastly, is what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling helpful or hurtful? Now, this is the one I mess up a lot, to be honest with you. This is the one I think some of you mess up a lot. Sometimes it might, we might know our real, real feeling. It might actually be true, but we're not doing something helpful. We're doing something hurtful. Let me give you an example. And this is one that, that, that's commonplace in my house and my kids know this. We could go out to eat to a restaurant, and we're at a restaurant, and, and I like to go to nice places, okay? Not, like, super high-end, but, like, I'm not the fast food guy. And so if we're going out to eat, I'm, I'm going to treat everybody. I love to treat people. I love to do that. Uh, but I like, I like to have good service, right? And so let's just say we're at a restaurant, and the service is really slow. Yeah. Everybody with me? Like, really slow, okay? And so uh, what I'll, I'll start getting agitated. And you can see me, and then my wife is like, she's putting her hand under the table, like it's okay, it's okay. it's okay. And I'm like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Like, where is she? Where is that? Where is he? Where? Is, you know, and I start looking for people, and my eyes are rolling. All the kids are having a good time; they're like eating chips and queso, like it's going out of style. And and I'm all agitated, you know what I mean? And then eventually, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's like taking forever. And so finally, like I'm about ready to get up. She's like, no, 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 sit down. And the kids are like, dad, da, 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 da. And, and and they've they've had to caution me many times. But every now and then, I just got, I feel better just letting it rip. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know, I'm going to vent my anger. And let me tell you something. It never helps. Never, 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 never. never. You don't want to cross a waiter or a waitress. I was one, and I should have learned the hard way, but they get the last laugh. Let me just tell you. I can tell you stories, but I'm not going to do that right now. Okay? But it doesn't help. Is everybody with me? Okay? And so we got to check those things. And, and the same way with nagging. Nagging. You, you, don't, you don't like the way your kids are acting. You don't like the way your husband or your wife's acting. And so you get nag, 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 nag. Does it ever work? Do you like to be nagged? No. No, 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 no. It, it never works. You see, when someone comes and tells you the things you're doing wrong it, it, over and over and over again, doesn't that make you want to change? <laughs> no, it doesn't, right? Okay, you get the point. Number three. Uh, this is my favorite point of the message. You got to change it, or you got to channel it. You got to change it or channel it. Okay, some emotions are so damaging, so destructive. You just have to change them, and this is why Jesus has to be on the throne of your life again. In Philippians chapter two, verse five, it says, "Have this attitude that was in Christ Jesus." One translation says, "Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. The attitude, your emotion, should be the same as His." In other words. What we do with our emotions is we say, would Jesus act this way? Would Jesus throw a hissy in the middle of the restaurant? Would Jesus rip the waitress apart, you know, because she was a little slow? Maybe it had nothing to do with her, but no. Would Jesus do that? Would Jesus, you know, want to run somebody off the road, you know, because you're running late? I mean, and so when you, when you ask that question, you have a choice. It's, co- it's contrasted against his life, his example, his testimony, his emotional fluidity in all situations. He manifested all of the personality styles perfectly, and you, may, you, you contrast it with that, and you dismiss those thoughts that are not in agreement with God's word, and you make them obedient to Christ. Does that make sense? But sometimes... You, sometimes it's not as instant. You can't do that as quickly. And so sometimes you take a negative emotion and rather than change it, you channel it. And some people do this so well in life. Some people are just masters at this. In other words, you use it for good. See, I see people who might be uh, a victim of injustice. It could be uh, gender discrimination. It could be profiling. It could be, you know, some 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 something that... It's totally legit that you would be angry, but by being angry uh, because somebody's hurting you doesn't get anything done. And you've seen it and you've watched it many times and you might have been in those situations many times. But when you have an anger that is channeled in the right direction, it's amazing the capacity you have for potentially social justice if you're channeling it in the right way sometimes you can be a champion for something good in spite of something bad that's happened to you is everybody tracking with me and so when you're when you use your anger for selfish benefit that's sin when you use your anger for the benefit of others that's a righteous indignation listen the bible says be angry and sin not so anger's not bad it's it's anger for self that's bad, but anger for others that can be good. If somebody was harming my family or my children or my wife, I'd be angry. And I would do everything I can, and I would vent that anger, and I would channel that anger in the right place to protect them and care for them. In fact, if I, in fact anger is, is basically advocating for love. If I wasn't angry, I wasn't even loving them. In fact, I would, if I didn't do anything that's apathetic, it's a la- it's pathetic, and it's a lack of love. So sometimes it's not the emotion that's the problem. It's how we're channeling the emotion that's the problem. Is everybody with me? Yeah. See, some of you could do this with some big problems in your life. It's kind of the secret sauce sometimes to life is learning how to channel the things that we don't know what to do with. Like Like, as an example, there could be people here listening online, people here that, you know, you wanted to get married, but... But your love has been blocked up to this point, I would say to you. And and so you've decided to put up walls and citadels and and create a moat around you and fill it with water and alligators and put a bridge and pull it up. And nobody's ever going to get in there. So now, now, so you don't get hurt, you pull back the drawbridge. And as a result, you're not receiving love. But you're also not giving love. But see, God wants to take that hurt and that rejection and that love that you're waiting for, and he wants you to channel that love to other people who haven't been loved. It's the same way if, you have, if some people want to have children. They want to have children. And up to this point, their love has been blocked. But God doesn't want you to just be blocked. He wants you to, he wants you to spin out of that and continue to find a way. There's 137 million orphans in the world today that need to be loved. But a lot of people won't channel... The hurt or the emotion or the pain or the rejection or the thing that's working against them, God wants you to channel it, and he wants you to work it for good. And that's why people like Joyce Meyer, who I love and, and admire her, because she was, she was molested as a child so many times by her father that she can't even count, can't even recall. She says she can recall them in her mind, but she doesn't know how many times. And she decided to not waste the hurt. And a lot of people are wasting their hurt instead of channeling their pain to do something good with what, with what happened to them. You might not be able to change it, but you can channel it. And so what pain in your life are you experiencing that you are not channeling for good? Because sometimes your greatest pain could become your greatest ministry. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you on Mother's Day. I hope that made sense to some of you guys. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, God. <clears throat> be very still. Maybe you're here today and there's emotional pain, maybe even emotional trauma, emotional difficulty. We want you to know it's OK to not be OK. We, we want to be a culture, a place where you can grow and you can be healed, and it's a process, and it's a journey. <clears throat> but for those of you who struggle with emotional health and emotional maturity, I just want to encourage you to daily put Christ on the throne of your life and submit. He saved you, but he also saved your emotions. Submit your feelings, your passions, your desires to Jesus Christ on a daily basis and let him show you the real things that are going on and let him show you the triggers so you can begin to master your moods to be able to have success in life to not be manipulated to not be lied to to be able to please God all these things God wants to show you and he wants to do a mighty work in your life and we're going to pray about that in a second maybe you're here today and if you're honest you're on the throne of your life up to this point and when you when you see it it kind of motivates you I want to make sure Jesus is on the throne of my life, and I want to say, if that's you, you can just, you can you can start this process with a decision that eventually becomes a, a disciple of his, but you start with the decision saying, Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. I want you to be on the throne of my life. Only you can do that. He can't do that for you. You have to choose to put Jesus on the throne of your life, and, and accept him as Savior, but also Lord, and if you've never accepted him as Savior and Lord, and you want to do that today, with every Head bowed, every eye closed. Please, honor those people around you. They need this. This That's just between me, them, and God. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to put Jesus on the throne of my life. God bless you. That's so awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yep, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you all the way in the back. I see your hand. That's awesome. You can put your hands down now. I want to pray for you. You can just all put your hand on your heart, and, and would you all pray this prayer with me, and just say it sincerely. Just say, Jesus. On this Mother's Day, I willingly, with my free will, surrender and submit my life to Jesus Christ. I place you in the highest place. I put you on the throne of my life, and I yield to your spirit. And I thank you that the Son sets me free because of what he did on Calvary 2,000 years ago on the cross, paying for my sins, the consequence of them, full payment, but also helping me every single day to overcome in this life and master my moods and have emotional health. I receive that by faith today in Jesus' mighty, matchless, powerful name. And everybody said Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.